I love a good story, especially if it's a God story. He takes ordinary women like you and me and does extraordinary things when we say yes to his will. Hi, I'm your host, Jody Kiracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America, author and traveler on this journey of faith. Do you know that nothing is impossible with God? In this episode, we're going to talk to someone who is convinced of that. She has experienced it in all sorts of ways. Gabby Soltau grew up in Germany and studied philosophy in her search for truth, but she didn't find what she was looking for until she met Jesus. That's the way for all of us, isn't it? That is when her adventure truly began. Now Gabby is part of the pastoral staff at Encourager Church in Houston, Texas. She's written and illustrated five children's books and done a whole lot more. And how she got from Germany to Houston, well, that's a God story. And we will hear more about that in just a minute. Welcome, Gabby. Well, thank you, Jody. It's delightful to be with you. So, Gabby, you are a woman of many, many talents. Every time I meet you, I find out something new about you. And God has done some amazing things in and through you. In fact, I was glancing at your Facebook page just the other day, and I saw a video you posted of a woman whose eyesight was healed after you and some team members prayed for her at church. God is so good. Tell us just a little bit about that story. You know, that's interesting. That happened a few years ago, and I just wanted to repost it because it's faith building and fresh still today. So uh, a friend of mine and I mm-hmm. had a class at the church, and it was very much about stepping out, trusting God, giving prophetic words, praying for healing, really uh, uh, centered around the supernatural, which is what God wants us to the, display through our lives. So this lady, she actually didn't go to our church. She came to the class and I did not know her well at all. So, you know, this was after Mm -hmm. the class and it was really a blessing that somebody recorded it on their uh, cell phone. So we just prayed for her and I thought she was just uh, didn't see very well. But actually, um, as for her, she disclosed to us that she was blind in that eye. So we just prayed. We just, you know, Jesus already did the work on the cross and we just released that over her. Next thing we know, she can see out of that eye. But then also her. Amen. Better, and we were all like, woohoo, this is awesome. And, you know, after the <laughs> we never saw her again. So praise Jesus, you know, that miracle just happened and we were all of course, over the moon excited about it. Well, I'm sure you have a lot more miracle stories to tell, and hopefully we'll get to some of those in a few minutes. But I want to go back to the beginning. How did you first encounter Jesus and his wonderful working power? I grew up in Germany, and I feel like I was always searching for the truth. I felt like there's something that is truth and, and I want to find it. So that led me after high school to uh, go to the university in Munich and study philosophy. And one thing I found there was that all these different concepts were actually contradicting each other. You know, there's the Greek philosophy, there's this, that, and the other. And I thought truth really should exist, not in plural, but singular. So I didn't find there what I was looking for. And my little brother had uh, taken a year off after his studies and he traveled the world and he got saved in New Zealand and the guy comes back. Really? So yes, he even looked different. So he, he actually went backpacking. (laughs) He, with a little backpack, I remember us taking him to the train station to drive to another airport in Germany. 
And so he was gone for a year and a half. This is before cell phones. This is before internet. And he traveled the world literally with a backpack. And he had an encounter with Christians and the Lord in New Zealand, got saved, came back. And I could tell a difference on him, but it bothered me because at the time I was very much into new age and all this kind of thing. Because remember, I'm looking for the truth. I'm looking really for the miraculous. Mm. I think it is ingrained into us that there is more, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Really had some encounters that I would are not so good. And so my little brother comes back and he is like all looking different and talking about Jesus. And I thought that is so one-sided, just the Bible. I don't want to read the Bible. The Bible is <laughs> long story short. He had found a church in Munich and one Sunday I went and that was the day, October 18, 1986. I remember the day and the date. <laughs> Everything changed, Jody. Everything. Life changed. That yeah. Day, everything. I was actually in a relationship at the time. And so that had to be, you know, we were already living together. So there was that aspect that I don't want to get too much into, but everything changed. Mm -hmm. It was that day. And that, that term, you know, when the Bible talks about being born again, I really experienced that. I mean, that day, my eyes were open to something and I just realized everything about me is different. And I was like, Mm. so zealous to wherever I went to just share the gospel then very much on fire from day one and never looked back. And you know, the course of your life did change because not long after that, God called you to be a missionary. And I mean, it wasn't to the heart of Africa or some remote island. It was, tell us about your missionary call. Yeah, that was very interesting because I had um, met somebody from Houston, Texas, a Christian, actually Doug Stringer's first convert, Randy Flynn. I met him in Munich. He was Mm. doing a dance seminar and I had just gotten saved and I used to do ballet and I spoke pretty good English. So they asked me to translate. And through that connection, we had a conference here in, in the States from the ministry I got saved under and I went and I thought, you know, it's close to Houston met with Randy, uh, visited Houston. And one night they took me out at the time Doug was doing street ministry and they took me out to Montrose Mm -hmm. here in Houston. I stood out there and I remember looking up, it was probably two in the morning, hot, sweaty summer night in Houston, Texas, surrounded by chaos and street kids. And I looked up and I said, God, this is what I wanted to do all my life. Because I was involved Mm. I'm in some theater, tiny bit of modeling, just completely different things. And I thought I was so comfortable with these street kids and being out on the streets. And then I went back to Germany and I was so miserable, Jody. I was like, can I please go back? I visited one more time. It's, it's too many details. I don't want to get into, but, but God really spoke. Yeah. And I went to my pastors after, I think it was my second or third visit here and our pastor's mm-hmm. We're actually Americans. And I said, Mark, I really feel called to America, to Houston. But I told him, I said, it makes no sense. Like you said, a remote island somewhere would have made so much more sense. I said, they yeah. have a person every quarter. They don't need me. And he looked at me, Jody, and he said, from the day that you got saved, we knew that one day the Lord would send you to America. But we, we were waiting. Wow you to tell us and that was the day and I tell you I applaud a pastor 
that waited for me to have that in my heart. He never said anything about it. Never. He totally mm. confirmed it and, and Doug then confirmed it and some other friends. So, and I thought, well, I'll be there for six months. And so that's like 33 years ago. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> Well, you know, God, I mean, God does interesting things. I mean, you know, when we think of missionaries, we think, oh, it's going to be in the hardest, most difficult places. And not that coming to Houston and working on the streets of Houston was necessarily easy, but God prepares us in advance for the things he calls us to do. Not that we can do it in our own strength, but that we feel, you know, he has equipped us to allow his glory to work through us in where he's placed us. So you're on the streets of Houston working with street kids and AIDS was pretty rampant at that point and you were involved in AIDS ministry and you know explain a little bit about what you did and what you saw and what you learned during that season. I knew mm. very little about AIDS and so all of a sudden we had some of these young kids that were um, not just HIV positive, but they had already manifested AIDS. And I thought, I need to educate myself. Again, mm -hmm. this is really before internet, you know? <laughs> so I took some classes yeah. and I, the one thing I was never afraid. I thought, you know, if God brings these, these kids, I call them kids, they were teenagers or in their early twenties. If he brings them into our lives, he's going to equip us to take care of them. So we had one man that was already a part of the ministry and he had AIDS and he was living in an apartment mm -hmm. and he started taking some of them in. We started taking care of them and they all unfortunately passed away. But I tell you during those years that I was doing that because I was kind of the, the person that was with them every day and we would take them to the hospital and, 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 you know, talk to them and pray with them. There was so much laughter, Jody, in my mind, looking back, because that was a tough ministry because I had no idea what I was doing, honestly. And we had help. Others in the ministry, you know, surrounded us all the time and were there. But it was a learning process, but there was so much joy. And I, often I mm -hmm. ask them, now, I don't feel I have the grace for that on my life. But at the time, yeah. it's so true. His grace is always sufficient. And so I tell you, speaking of the miraculous, there was one gentleman, you know, we had visited. One of the kids was in the hospital. And there was another one in the room with him. And they released him because they couldn't do anything else for him. And he literally had nowhere else to go. So what he in town was doing at the time, they would literally re release him onto the streets. And so we took him really? in other guy uh-huh this other guy took him in he was a tall guy and I remember he was in kidney failure I befriended him I would go over there I would walk with him because he needed to move and somebody from the ministry was taking him to um, dialysis twice a week you see both kidneys were in failure we prayed for him one day the guy came back with him he said they didn't do dialysis because both of his kidneys are fully functioning again yes jaw jaw dropped open I'm like what the heck you know what I mean so because I now I know more about healing prayer blah blah, yeah. blah I did not and here's the interesting thing so a guy that we really randomly just met so the guy got healed the guy started gaining mm -hmm. weight and a mother in another state we shipped him off never heard from him again and all these kids they were dear 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 to our hearts we prayed for them for healing as well and they all went to heaven. 
So interesting dynamic here. Amen. Well, I get to you. Yeah. But well, talking about the grace of God, I know there was a season in my life that, um, you know, I was in graduate school and the Lord called me to work in this uh, urban, low income urban area that was infested with drugs and gangs. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to do it, but I finally just said, okay, Lord, I'll just go and check it out just to say that I did. And then you'll be off my back about it. But of course I went and just the Lord opened my eyes and I fell in love. You know, I fell in love with the kids that we were ministering to. And for the next seven years, I was going to graduate school full time. I was working full time and I was serving in this ministry in this area that, you know, the police and the firemen would hesitate to go into. But, you know, while we were there, the grace of God, I could feel his grace on me. And, you know, after seven years, the Lord had something else for me to do. And so that grace lifted and I left. And when I look back on those times, I mean, I look back with amazement at all God did in the lives of those kids that we were working with and, and the families and all that he did. But I look in amazement too at, I don't know how I could have done that without God's grace on my life. And we know when there's those seasons, you know, God places in places and he equips us for those times that are difficult and that we couldn't do in our own strength. Yeah, Jody, I never felt equipped, honestly. But the thing is, you know, there's a scripture in in 1 Corinthians 13 that we all know, um, love never fails. And I look back, loving these kids and knowing every single one of them got saved. At every funeral, parents, friends got saved. Because a lot of them were in Mm. like various lifestyles. And so, you know, it wasn't like they all came from a Christian background. And some of their parents, I stayed in touch with for years. And so there were more salvations and, and you just in it and you just love, and then you just realize what all you're able to do. But did I ever feel like I know what I'm doing or I am equipped for this? No, but looking back even more so, I'm like, wow, how did we do this? You know, (laughs) I know, I know I do the same, you know, I do the same. But now you look back and I'm just like, God, this was such an awesome time. We had so much fun with these kids too. They were just phenomenal. But anyhow, there are more stories maybe for another day. You're now on the pastoral staff of a church. That move from street ministry to pastoral ministry must have been another big step of faith. So what I loved about working for Doug, which I did for nine years, I love change. I love adventure. And I love working with people that uh, I think Graham Cook is the one that calls them pre-Christians. <laughs> so everybody's a pre-Christian. Mm-hmm. And, and that's more my passion. So Encourage had always been my home church. And, you know, somehow I just, it was like a flowing into, I don't even really know how it happened. I would lead prayer meetings and stuff. And so one thing led to another. And I have to tell you, I love our people dearly, but it was an incredible stretch for me to mainly minister to believers. So a lot has shifted. Doesn't mean that I'm still not so super passionate about, you know, the ones that really need to encounter Jesus and I tell you one funny story um, with Doug's ministry, you know, Jody, in, in the early days, there wasn't a budget, there wasn't money, there wasn't anything. 
almost nothing was organized. And I remember when we would be out in the streets and somebody would have a need, we would just look at each other and go, how much you got on you? I got a five, I got a 10, I got a couple of dollars. We pooled together and we bought what was needed. So it took mm. me years, literally years to find out. So I'm at the church and I would do some things here and then. I would pay for it because that's what I was used to. And one day somebody <laughs> asked me, that, do you never turn in receipts? I'm like, what are you talking about? So I literally, <laughs> I had no idea that I could get reimbursed for some of the things that I was doing for some people in the church. So that was kind of funny. So now I do turn in receipts. <laughs> now you turn your receipts in. <laughs> but I still choose because you know what? There are times when I feel like it is my honor to do this with my money. So yes. I still don't yes. turn all my receipts in. But that was just kind of funny. The difference between a ministry, and I know they're more, way more organized, partly thanks to you, Jody. Well, you know, God took you from learning how to minister and really being that channel for God to flow through to equipping others because, you know, as pastors and as teachers and as those five ministry gifts that Jesus talks about in Ephesians, we're called to equip the body of Christ to do the works of the ministry. So you have that wealth of experience. I mean, you're not just talking about it from studying it in the Bible, although you do study the Bible, but you've experienced it as well. You can say, look, I know, I know there's hesitation. I know there's fear. I know there's you know, concern, uh, but God will see you through it because you've experienced it yourself. So talk a little bit about how you equip believers to do the works of the ministry. We have um, done a lot of classes at the church. How do you pray for healing? How do you hear the voice of God? How do you prophesy? What is prophecy? And, and one of the things here lately, um, you know, it started with covid I've probably done more counseling in the last two years than I have done in 10 years prior. And I have to say, mm. I, I'm not a trained counselor uh, per se, certainly not licensed. So what I do feel like is more biblical instruction and more coaching. Mm -hmm. And I, I really enjoy that. And the thing um, that I realized in my own life and that I see when I'm talking to people I think it all starts with our mind. So there's a scripture that has so come alive in me the last couple of years or three years that is in Proverbs 23, 7. It says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And, you know, when we remember mm. the story in um, Numbers 13, where it talks about, you know, they were called to spy out the land. God had already mm -hmm. given it to them. Some, Caleb said, Listen, yes, there's giants, but we are well able to overcome. Let's go up and do it. He had the right mindset. Some of the others, this is what it says. And this has rung in my spirit now for over two years. Yes, they saw the giants and they said, and we were like grasshoppers in our eyes. So we were in theirs. He was believers more than I've ever seen a Jody is how we think about ourselves has really everything to do how we experience life and how we live life so um is there a lot of healing needed in people absolutely but once somebody understands when we are born again 
that something miraculous happens. You know, that word we're now a new creation is kainos, Greek word. I've studied this quite a bit because it's intriguing to me because that word means it's mm-hmm. something new that has never existed before. And then we see all the promises of God. So if I don't believe that I'm the right person or I'm not worthy or I don't know if it's for me, I don't know if it's for today, we will never step out and do the works of Jesus, much less the greater things. How does that even look like? Greater things than yeah, he yeah. Did. I'm like, let's just start by doing what he did, you know. So <laughs> I see a picture there, and and of course, I'm always walking out first. What I then get to pass on to others. So it's been a really interesting journey, and a very joyful journey, and a very adventurous journey. Daniel 11, I think 32, uh, it says the people who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. Perfect. And it's not that we, we're going to carry out great exploits apart from God. It says people who know their God. So yeah, that starts when we get saved, but it's a continual knowing of God. That's not just the mind knowledge. That's the heart knowledge, the being knowledge, you know, it's constantly goes back to that being connected with the vine. It talks about in the new Testament, you know, if you're connected to the vine, you're going to bear fruit. And that fruit is more than just a little smile at somebody in the grocery store. That fruit can be praying for someone and seeing them healed, seeing their eyesight healed. I mean, we do, it's that mindset. We've got to change the mindset. I mean, God has given us all of his power. It says in the Bible, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And how many of us walk that out? I mean, I have to confess, I a lot of times don't. (laughs) There are times when I might reach out, you know, and say, okay, I'm going to pray for somebody. But you're right. It's that mindset. Do we have the mindset that we are confident in the God who we know? And do we know him enough to be confident in him? I mean, he's the king of all the earth. He has all power. Do we really know that? Right. And I think it even goes beyond, um, you know, praying for somebody. I was thinking earlier today, do we live with a mindset of, of, am I living out of lack or am I living out of abundance? And I had to apply that Mm. in my life because in ministry, as you know, it's not usually where you make the big bucks, if I can just be so blunt. But then I think about God is my provider and that God just, uh, nothing is impossible with him. So I chose, don't know when I did, but I I thought I'm not going to live out of lack. I am going to live out of abundance. And how does that look like? I'm going to live out of abundance. That means that I'm not going to just look of what I have, but I'm going to look at what God can provide. And I tell you, I have had people looking at my life saying, how do you do it? Because we know your mm. situation. And, and this is what I tell them. I said, you know, because when you live out of fullness, when your mindset shifts there and you're not always looking at, am I, am I going to run out of money? I am living as if I will never run out, of, run out of money. That doesn't mean that I do stupid stuff, but that means I am very generous because I feel like if I die tomorrow, I will regret every penny that I haven't given. When I lead people that I get the privilege to talk to and pray with and counsel with, when I lead them into this and this becomes revelation, honestly, I've seen lives change, Jody. You know, it's that whole thing as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if I live in that poverty mentality, like, oh my gosh, I've got to hang on to everything. I've got to, those are usually the people that have 
slack all the time. But the ones, I mean, yeah. that just dish it out with, with both hands, they are the ones that it always kind of comes back with more. I don't know how God does it, but it is your mindset. Again, it starts with that. The whole thing about orphan, are we? do I feel, always feel like an orphan or do I feel like a son? And, and you can see it in Amen. people's lives, not to judge, but I can see or I can hear when I talk to somebody because my key thing is when I counsel with somebody, I listen. I let them talk to explain to me what's going on. And then God usually highlights. So I hear what they're struggling with. And it's mindset. Yeah. Honestly. Sorry. Well, I when don't... the body of Christ gets a hold of that and starts living out of that abundance, the world does see it and it makes a difference. Then they come and say, hey, how do you, you know, do it? What's going who on? Who are here? you? How do you do it? And it gives us, yeah, exactly. It gives us an opportunity to share our testimony. And, you know, we don't have to know really all of the theology behind every scripture in the Bible to share what God has done in our lives. That's what people are drawn to. He's a real God who has a real relationship with us. Absolutely. And certainly I do not know all the theology. You know, sometimes I'm like, I hope <laughs> even where that scripture is, because right now I have no idea. But, you know, just the realness, you know, I will tell people I'm not a theologian and I'm not. So I, I put it out there. Please don't ask me about revelations. Please do not. I have no idea what some of this stuff means, you know, but there are things that I do know what it means and I've studied it and I yeah. it and I can explain it in fairly simple terms because I want people to get it. I'm super practical, Jody. I'm like not one of those you construct yeah. all kinds of theology that then people go, but how do I do it? I'm the, um, this is how you do it, girl. You know, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. You're so uh, I am too. Yeah, I am too. One of the things that Somebody Cares has recently done is we've started a widows and orphan fund so that we as women in the body of Christ can come together and really make an impact on widows who have given their life in service to the Lord and orphans who our partner, partner organizations are working with who have special needs, whether it's a special need for a wheelchair or an operation, or whether it's a special talent that they need to cultivate so they can be everything God wants them to be. We have a special fund called the Somebody Cares Widows and Orphan Fund. We invite you, our listeners, to join us in helping the widows and the orphans. We'll tell stories along the way of what we've done together, uh, but you can go to podcast website, hergodstory.org, and you can give there. So we invite you to join us in doing that. But getting back to children, in addition to all that you're doing in ministry, God's also kind of tapped into or allowed you to have an artistic outlet in writing children's books. So how, and not only writing them, but you illustrate them as well. I mean, how? tell us your inspiration. How did you get into that? That's totally different than ministering to AIDS street people or pastoring in a church. That's an interesting thing, uh, Jody, and thank you for asking that. I have always been creative, but you know, when, when I first got saved, like I said, I used to do dance. I used to always do some creative things, act a little bit. You know, I was so zealous for ministry. I was so zealous. And, and back then, the arts were not so much talked about in the body of Christ. Now it's a total different story. You know, we realize mm -hmm. that arts and entertainment is such an important part of the kingdom and we need those people. So I had always drawn these little characters on the computer and done different things. 
I tell you how these books came about. What I did with my uh, drawings and I'd done some greeting cards, I compared it to other people. I would see what other people mm. were doing. And of course, I always thought their stuff is so much better than mine and so much cuter. And so one day, this is a little bit embarrassing, okay? I'm exposing myself here. <laughs> so somebody that yeah. I knew was doing something also, I think it was a children's book or something, and they put something on Facebook. And I didn't think it was all that cute. And I looked at it, and this was the thought that came to my mind. Here's the big difference between that person and me. They are taking their talent, and they're doing something with it, and I'm not. And that mm -hmm. was things shifted. So I stood in my living room, and I said, okay, I'm going to turn this into a children's book. I'm going to do some new illustrations. I'm going to write little stories. And God really inspired those stories. That was another miraculous I think within two months, I wrote and illustrated and published three children's books. And I now have five. Wow. It changed, Jody. when I said, Father, from this day on, I will not compare myself to others that, yes, can do this better than I. I will do it. I will cross the finishing line because I was also a little bit somebody that would start something and not finish. So I'm going to finish it. And if nobody buys it, Ever, I'm going to be okay with it. And people have bought it. I mean, not like thousands, but people have bought it, done school reading. So has opened a whole new world for me. But it changed when I said I'm doing it. And and then I was proud of myself. Yeah. So you would you dug up that talent God had given you and, uh, and now I've started using it. Painting and so I'm oil painting and I've sold some paintings. Which people ask, are these for sale? And I thought. I never thought about it. I'm like, I guess they are. So it's just a whole new world of <laughs> creativity. So when this all happened after 60, I want to throw that out there for the dear ladies listening that are not 25 anymore. But if you're 25, yeah. that's um, and that's been really delightful for me to explore that. You know, one of the things that has just uh, delighted me about what God's done through you in your artistic ventures is that, you know, when we come to Christ, sometimes, not everybody, but some of us, or sometimes we think anything that we enjoyed in life, we have to give up. That's not what God is asking at all. Right. He's asking to use those things that we enjoy for his glory. And it brings delight to him when we are delighted. Well, I love it when God brings around those things that we love back to us again and says, no, this is for you to enjoy because I created you to, to have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength and we get joy in a lot of different ways and from a lot of different things. There's religion versus relationship. And, and I always yeah. consider myself not a religious, not religious. And then I discovered, heck yes, there was some dead religion in me, dead works and like the do's and don'ts. And yes, there are things I certainly have parameters in my life that I live by and things where there is absolutely no compromise. But within those vast boundaries, there is so much and, and, you know, if your mindset is that God is that strict Santa Claus in heaven that has no sense of humor and wants our lives to be miserable, then that's how you're going to experience him. My God is not like that. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's also a privilege. We get set free. And once we realize it, we get to pass it on to other people. And especially the next generation, Jody. 
if you know the video yeah. games, there there is something to those video games that can be redeemed. They're dancing, they're TikToks. I don't even really know what all that is, but but you know, we need to catch them where they are at and then show them how mm-hmm. things can be sanctified and redeemed. But who wants to serve a God that is like strict and no sense of humor and always bosses you around. Certainly not young people. Certainly not young people. Yeah. So yeah. I think they can see it in us, the freedom, the joy, the joy of life. In his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Golly, what does that mean? <laughs> you people see that in my yeah, life? I want, ex- I want that. Yeah. That's right. God is a God of pleasure. He's the one who created pleasure. And we oftentimes forget that because we have to be so serious about, you know, sin. And we do have to be serious about sin. But once we've dealt with it, move on and into the pleasures of God. No, I wanted to say, you know, sin too. You know, when when I when people first got saved and they, they come to our church or I get in contact with them, they may not dress the way that is extremely appropriate. But, you know, I never address that. I allow the Holy Spirit to do mm-hmm. a work in my life. I want to know how are you getting to know Jesus? How are you doing? What are you interested in? That is so much better way to quote unquote disciple somebody than immediately give them all. You can't do this and you shouldn't be doing this. Let the Holy Spirit convict them. That's what happened to me, Jody. Yeah. After I got saved, I think the day after I went through my wardrobe and I pulled out things that I knew were not the way to dress anymore nobody told me nobody told me it was a mm-hmm. of the spirit in my life and and i think you know we need to be careful how we deal with people because we can we can preach them out of the church too you know so you've had quite a lot of victories in your life and you've you know done some amazing things god's used you in amazing ways but i'm sure there've been some challenges along the way you know what's some of the challenges you faced and how are you overcoming them or how have you overcome them? When I left Germany um, 33 years ago, and of course I go back as much as I can, people always thought that must have been so difficult. Leave your family behind, leave. Because I came here with nothing and started over actually twice, but another story. Um, and that actually <laughs> was the easy part. I think what was hard ever since I was a little girl, I wanted children. And so I got saved Mm -hmm. when I was 30. I was in a relationship, engaged to be married, but I had been in other relationships before um, because I was not a believer and I didn't live the life of a believer. So, and I grew up in an area where it was absolutely acceptable and it's more so now probably to live together, not be married and all that. So I certainly thought that that relationship, you know, we would have children and all. And, you know, over the years, you you believe and you hope and you pray and people speak things into your life. It's just around the corner and all of that. And so that whole journey for years produced a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't always talk about it. I'm a different person now. It would be so much easier for me now to talk about things and say, this is a pain in my life and this and that. But there was almost this kind of thing in the air back in the day, like, you know, just follow the Lord and serve the Lord and don't even, you know, look for marriage or any of that. Things, I think, have changed now the way that we approach a lot of things. So you you didn't even dare to really say, I have a desire for that. And so 
you know, I'm still not married and I'll talk about that in a minute. But then there comes a day where you think there's not going to be children. That was an incredible pain in my life. And I had to deal with it. And I'm getting a little emotional now. But I have to say, the Lord was so good in that. Because, you know, this is Mm. not something that you can ever get back. And and I tell you, good meaning people saying, but you have spiritual children. Don't say that to somebody that's single, you know, because your spiritual children do not celebrate Mother's Day with you and come over for Christmas and all that. I do have spiritual children all over the world and I love them dearly. And some of them, I hear from them once a year and that's fine. But I'm just saying, yeah. And marriage too, I, I tell you where I'm at now. Children, God healed that in my life. And, and that yeah. was not a one-time thing, but there were some encounters that I had with the Lord. And when it comes to marriage, several years ago, because I talk, a lot of my friends are married, and I talk to people that are married. The grass seems to sometimes be greener on the other side. Everything comes with yeah. a price tag. Being single does and being married does come with a price tag. And several years ago, something happened, Jody. God just... I am a happy single. I barely pray for marriage anymore. And I'm actually Mm -hmm. talking to myself at times. I'm like, do I even want to get married anymore? And many days the answer would be no. And I tell you why, because I enjoy the freedoms that I have in my life, such as my house looks like me. There is no man cave. <laughs> if the right one comes along, I'd be happy to carve out a man cave. You know, I have traveled to nations where a husband might say, this is not a safe place. I don't want you going there. If he would say that, yeah. I would do it. There, What if somebody that I would marry would go, I don't want you in ministry. I don't want you preaching. I don't want you, you know, like I said, marriage is always give and take. And I'm fully aware of that. So are there moments when I say, oh, it would be nice to have somebody around? Yes, but more often than not, I actually love coming home to a peaceful house where it's, and there's a cat too, there's a cat too. So, um, (laughs) you know, I think if there isn't anybody in my life that I would be interested in, if somebody comes along, that I would go, oh my gosh, what just walked in the room? That could change, yeah. but it would have to be a good fit in every way. Am I willing to compromise on a lot of things? Absolutely. But there are some essential in place that, that would be deal breakers. You know, their nationality, yeah. in color, are they overweight? That's not deal breakers to me, but there are some things that would be. And so, you know, but in the meantime, I'm really enjoying my life. Well, I can relate to that pain of not having children because I didn't get married until I was late in life and it was beyond childbearing years. So I understand that pain and having to go through that and giving that to the Lord and saying, God, you know, this was a desire. I mean, when I was young, I thought I wanted a big family with six kids. I didn't want to work. I just wanted to get married and have kids. That wasn't what God had for me. And when I finally gave that over to the Lord, he showed me who I am. And I realized the joy I have in everything God has me doing. And as I was traveling around the world doing things that not many people get to do, men or women, 
Yes. A lot of my friends were getting married and having children. And God gave me a revelation just for me. It was just me. It's who I am that I would have, you know, when, when my friends were at home caring for these little babies, their whole world was that baby. And as it should be. Yes. At the time, God met, God had me traveling all over the world. My world was the world. And for me, that was fulfilling. Not for every woman, certainly. But when I gave that pain to the Lord, he filled me with the joy of what he had me doing. Now, God did bring a husband into my life. He doesn't do it for everyone, but he did for me. But it was later in life. And, you know, that does, as you say, come with a lot of other things you have to lay down in life. But yeah, there's pains in our life and God is faithful to heal those pains when we release them to him over and over. Like you said, it doesn't come just, it's not necessarily just a one-time thing. For me, yes, it was not. But, but I tell you, I just recently, I have some young friends and they were here for business and their babysitter fell through. So I had three little ones with me for two days and I loved every second of it. But when they yeah. sat in the car and I waved them goodbye, I was like, hallelujah. So, you know, I get to experience <laughs> that for like two days and loved, like I said, every second of it. But um, I've always, God allowed me to see the other side because I did have friends that get married and had kids. And they would actually tell me I would go to Asia or on some ministry trip and they would say, gosh, mm-hmm wish I could do this. I wish I could go with you. And so, you know what, you just realize, you know, life is so short and whatever God gives us and not to say there could be marriage in the future, but I'm not looking and I'm not waiting. And certainly I want to tell if any younger women are listening, don't wait, don't ever put your life on hold, write your books, dance your dances, do the ministry, enjoy your life you know, give, you know, Jody, what you said earlier, give generously to somebody yeah. here. So do such amazing work. Really. I'm a great fan of their ministry. And so don't wait around and don't always, is he the one, is he the one, is he the one, you know, when it's right, it's going to come together in a beautiful way. But, you know, I think that's probably to go back to your question, Jody, that's probably was the most difficult part of my journey yeah, I would say I'm trying to think what else. I mean, that's just the daily. That's just the daily. Sometimes, you know, your car breaks down and this and that. You just go. That's just life. So, but yeah. I think that's the greatest pain. You know, everything else has been, yeah, there were times of loneliness or you, you, insecurities for me was a big one where I always felt like I have no idea what I'm doing here. <laughs> I still feel that way. <laughs> I'm a little more secure in myself now than I was back in the day. So that was always a big one. Like, oh my gosh, they're asking me to do this. I don't even know how. And that's why I encountered God's grace in miraculous ways every time. You know, we did some big citywide. Amen. Where I was asked to. Can you think of another testimony you can share with us that you've seen, experienced, been a part of along the way? You know what? Actually, several healings. I have, there's one lady, an older lady. She was pretty much deaf. She had hearing aids and we prayed for her one day and she got completely healed. And every now and then thereafter, mm. I would go to the grocery store and I would always ask her, are you still healed? Because it seems like sometimes people yeah. lose their healing and I don't even know how that works. But so several healings, but also want to share very two recent testimonies that are just like very interesting to me. 
So one, and I think there was a message in it. So I had lost an earring um, probably about five, six weeks ago now. Not an important earring to me at all. And I was like, well, I lost an earring, big deal. I don't even know where. About uh, three weeks after I lost the earring, I had company come over and I walked outside to greet them, escort them into the house. And as they were leaving, I escorted them back out. And right there in my front, what was once upon a time grass, now dirt, (laughs) neatly positioned that earring. And I thought about this. I even told them, I said, guys, I lost this earring like four weeks ago. How in the heck? And they were like, well, that's magic. I said, well, yeah, miraculous Christian magic. (laughs) Anyhow, I thought about this a lot. And I said, Father, there's no way that that earring just showed up there without your doing. Was this an important earring in my life? It was not. But this is what I felt like the Lord showed me in this. Because I try to live with my eyes wide open so I don't miss what he's showing me. I felt like he said, bring back anything that you lost to you at any given point in time, even if for you it's not that important. And then I was thinking Hmm. about people that have lost their childhood, that have lost financial things, that have lost their losses in our lives that go beyond the material And so I knew there was a message there for me. And I actually put it on Facebook, but I thought about it for an hour, how that earring could have possibly gotten there without really a miracle. And I couldn't think of one. And the other thing was, um, it was an elderberry, a little elderberry tree kind of manifested itself in my backyard. Elderberry is a tree that has elderflowers and elderberries that are good for to boost your immune system. I grew up with Mm -hmm. that in Europe and now you can buy it here. I just went to the store to buy elderberry syrup to boost my immune system. And I see these little flowers peeking around the side of my house. I'm like, what is this? I'd noticed something was growing back there and Google uh-huh. make a long story short. So it's, it's pretty tall already. And it just all of a sudden was flowering and was producing these elderberries I have never seen an elderberry tree ever in Houston, Texas. And I was sharing that with a neighbor that's not a believer because she was coming up with all kinds of bird, whatever. I'm like, but there's pavers back there. How did the bird even strategically poop, pardon my language, between the pavers to get that seat there? I have no idea, Jody. But I now have my very own organic elderberry tree bush growing in my little bitty backyard without anybody and so but those type things I would say is category um miracle is this like super important in my life not really but what God is showing me through this I am that God that says is there anything for difficult is there anything too difficult for me and here's your proof no so I marvel still at those two things. Mm. Hearing that wasn't even that important, neatly positioned, but not there when they, my house guests first came. Four weeks after, I lost it. And, and then this, this tree that is, I cut it back over the winter. It's growing back nicely. So 
you know, it just says to me that God is always speaking to us. And if we, like you said, you live with your eyes wide open looking for what God might be saying. And I think he's always, he's always trying to catch our attention to show us how much he loves us, to tell us something he wants us to learn, to use us in a new way to bless other people. And if we are always in our own head and in our own mind and so busy with our own thoughts that we don't look up and see what God's doing, we miss so much. So true. And you know, I think too, that's something I'm learning in the season because in our church too, we pray a lot for healings and we've seen things. We recently had somebody healed of cancer and she publicly gave testimony and nobody prayed for her. She laid hands on herself doing worship and wow. she, it's doc, doctor confirmed, doctor confirmed. And this is a wow. very shy, quiet person that sits in the back row. So, but she gave public testimony and so, you know, we ask for miracles. And of course, there are so many miracles that I would consider more important than an earring coming back. But I think God is showing me a principle and he wants me to see these little kisses from heaven. Look, Gabby, if I can bring an earring back, don't you think I can heal a person? Don't you think I can provide for a person? You know, we have somebody in our church right now that's not very secure in their gender identity. And so that's a little bit of a different route for us as well. And and can I believe that God will do some great healing there? Absolutely. That's the way greater challenge. But the God that brought that earring back is the God that can minister to that person deep healing on a deep level. And that's the way more important thing, Joey. Yeah. I think he's just showing me these things. Yeah. If I can do the quote unquote unimportant, how much more? And that's what I want to live, Jody. That's what I want to live the days that I have, the years in, in my life that I still have. But as we wrap up, I like to ask all of my guests if there is a woman in the Bible whose story has inspired or encouraged or taught you something. There's probably many, but you know, what is one significant one and how does her story connect with your story? I don't know. One that, that does come to mind is Mary because, you know, we, we have all these um, paintings where we see this, where she always looks more like a grown woman, but we have to remind ourselves she really was a teenager and, and she has this amazing encounter with an angel. And can you imagine I mean, you know, we got to picture this sometimes in our minds. And she says, let it be done to me according to your will. And, and then she walks out this journey to, to carry Jesus. And so is she one that trusted God, believed God, walked in the miraculous Absolutely. Was her journey one of pain? Yes. Her journey was immediately mm -hmm. knew this was never just going to be her son. And, you know, I'm thinking of that song that always so deeply touches me. It is Mary, did you know? You know that song, yeah. Mary, did you know that your baby boy one day will walk on water? I cannot listen to the song without crying because. I know, me too. He did walk on water, but he was never just hers. He was, he belonged to the whole world. And so that mm -hmm. is one that I look at and think, what a woman, not to be worshiped, but to be 
treasured and admired and um, commemorated. So, um, yeah. Yeah, the Lord has recently brought me back to that whole scripture in, in Luke 1 about Mary. And I'm, I'm kind of in the process of writing uh, a little devotional wow. um, for our listeners here about Mary and that same passage. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's true. She was so trusting of the unknown and she had to give up everything. Everything. Sacrificially all throughout her life, knowing Jesus was not her own, but for the whole world. Yeah. But also for her. Also, also for her. It was her baby boy. In Ecclesiastes 7.39, this is in the Good News Bible. It's maybe not in a translation that everybody reads so so often, but it said, God made us plain and simple, but we make ourselves very complicated. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> When I, when I think about our life, our life, God, our life and our relationship with God, he made to be very simple, but we oftentimes get so discombobulated in life that we try to complicate everything. But if we get down to the simplicity of our relationship with God and trusting him, amazing things. I like to say God takes ordinary women and does, and people, men too, but ordinary women and does extraordinary things through us. And in us, if we'll let him. And that's what he wants. Keep our relationship with him simple. He will do the extraordinary. He will do the complicated. All we have to do is trust in him. Well, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Gabby. She's got an amazing God story. Uh, Check out the show notes for a link to Gabby's books, her children's illustrations, um, and the scriptures we referred to. Check out our podcast website once again at hergodstory.org. There you'll find blogs, free resources, and you can find out how you can join us in supporting the Somebody Cares Widow and Orphans Fund. And if you need prayer, feel free to call or text Somebody Cares 24-7 Prayer Line at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. But as we close, Gabby, would you pray for everyone who listens to your amazing God story? So Father, in the name of <laughs> Jesus, we worship you and we praise you. And Lord, I thank you for everyone listening. Father, I thank you that there is more. Those that have this deep desire in their heart, God, there has to be more. Can I tell you there is? So search for that and live with your eyes wide open. Father, I just pray for their mindset that everybody would realize how much you not only love them, but how much you have empowered them to live a miraculous life. It's not dependent on our performance. We don't have to earn it, but it is totally dependent on the finished work of the cross. Jesus, you have empowered us to live a life of fullness. God, you tell us that in your presence is fullness of joy. So I pray for everyone listening. Father, I pray that your spirit would come upon them, envelop them, heal them, strengthen them, encourage them, and they would live out their destiny to the fullness. And Father, we thank you that this is the life that you have for us. We worship you and praise you and give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.